Well, this morning, uh, I'm excited that we have uh, Mercy Hodgkin preaching. Uh, she's a very gifted uh, preacher and teacher, and so we're excited for her to be here. She's a graduate from the In Character School of Ministries, been ordained in uh, worship leadership, uh, and serving in various ministry roles over the past 18 years. Uh, she regularly preaches and teaches with our youth and, uh, and other places, and so we're excited that she's here. And so uh, would you please help me welcome Mercy Hodgkin. Good morning, church. Um, I am so excited to be here. And before I start, I just want to say thank you for giving me this opportunity to share God's word with you. Um, it is an honor and I don't take it lightly. So just so you know, I appreciate this opportunity. Um, I am excited to share from the book of John because John is one of my favorite books of the Bible. Um, I like to say that I feel like he's writing this letter and he's just giving you this big hug and saying, Jesus loves you. And so when Pastor Denville said, hey, we're going to be reading John together as a church. So you're going to be preaching from John. I got really excited. Then he told me what chapters I was going to get to preach from. And these are some of my favorite stories of Jesus. So I sat down and I'm like, Lord, I want to preach on all of them. What do you want me to preach? And he picked the one story that is not my favorite story. Um, <laughs> because it's probably the one that challenges me the most. So just know that as I share this with you, that it is something that the Lord is working on my heart. That I am not preaching at you, but I'm sharing with you what the Lord is teaching me. And what he is challenging me to apply. And I hope that it encourages you in that. But we're going to go ahead and we're going to open up to John chapter 13. We're going to start in verse 1. And it says, now, before the feast of Passover. That phrase is really important. We could do an entire sermon series on just what that means. Okay. But we're not. Um, but what I do want you to know today, what you need to remember as we go into this is that Passover is the most important holiday that the Jewish people celebrate. And it is a holiday that would be celebrated with your closest friends and your family. And you celebrate it by sitting down to dinner and remembering what the Lord has done and dreaming toward what he is going to do. And so Jesus is coming in and he is sitting down with his best friends over dinner and he's teaching them about what God has done and what he is going to do. So it says now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Just think about that for a moment. He loved them to the end. There wasn't a moment. There wasn't a second that his love was not there. There isn't a second that his love is not with you. He loves us to the end. Verse two, during the supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, 
rose from supper. Take note of that. Jesus knew who he was. He was secure in his calling. He was secure in what God had said about him. He knew who he was. And because he knew who he was, he was able to do what he's about to do. So it says he rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I am doing, you don't understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. And that was why he said, not all of you are clean. So when I've heard this passage of scripture preached on, I often hear it preached from the perspective of Jesus and from walking in and choosing to be a servant like Jesus, which is a very true and real message. But we're going to study the Bible from a little bit of a different angle this morning, because one of the beautiful things about scripture is that there are so many methods of studying the Bible and each method teaches us something different. And one of the methods that we can use when we are reading the narrative parts or the stories of scripture is to take ourselves and to put ourselves in the position of each of the different characters in the story. So today we are going to sit down and we are going to look at the story from the perspective of Peter. So what do we know about Peter? The Bible tells us that Peter was a fisherman. It also tells us that Peter had a wife, so he had a family. The Bible tells us that Peter was Jewish. And it also tells us that Peter loved Jesus and he loved God and he knew the word of God. He was passionate about who Jesus was and he believed Jesus was the Messiah. We learn from scripture that Peter understood honor because he's constantly trying to honor Jesus. He's constantly trying to say, Jesus, you deserve the highest place. You deserve the highest purpose. So we know this about Peter. We also can conclude that because Peter could recognize Jesus, that he was righteous, that he depended on God, that he was a righteous man. And the Bible tells us that the righteous man is a hardworking man. The Bible tells us that a righteous man provides for his family. The Bible tells us that a righteous man handles his finances well. 
The Bible tells us that a righteous man sees a need and meets it. So we can conclude that Peter is a hard working fisherman who is providing for his family, who has faced struggle and has overcome struggle, who understands honor, who understands respect. Okay. He is really a good guy. Sometimes he gets a bad rep because he has a big mouth, but he's really a good guy. Okay. And he sits here and he's sitting at Passover and at Passover in this culture, the head of the table would be the most important person in the room and it would be reserved for the rabbi and the disciples called Jesus the rabbi. So Jesus was sitting in the most important seat in the room. He was sitting in the place of honor and then he gets up and he does something that really confuses Peter because in this culture, it was customary that when you had a guest come into your home, the lowest person in the home, the lowest slave, or if you didn't have a slave, then the youngest child, or if you didn't have children yet, then the wife or one of the women in the home would kneel down to the feet of the guest and would wash their feet. And this was a sign of honor and a sign of respect, honoring the guest that is coming into your home. But it was only the lowest of the low that would be given that job. So Jesus gets up from the highest position and he comes to the lowest position and Peter is very confused. And so because he loves Jesus and he wants to see Jesus honored, he says, Jesus, oh no, 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 no. I can wash your feet, but you don't, you don't wash mine. I I know who you are. I want to honor you. You see, he's not, he's not being disrespectful. He's trying to give Jesus respect. He's trying to honor him. He's trying to do the right thing. And Jesus says, Peter, I'm trying to teach you something. Just trust me. Stop talking for a second because I'm trying to teach you. You don't get it yet but you're going to get it. I promise you're going to get it. It's going to be all right. All right. And he gets down and he washes, washes Peter's feet. Why? Because Jesus is trying to teach Peter the cycle of servanthood. You see, society teaches us that you start at the bottom and then you climb the ladder to success, even in the church. Like, let's, let's be very honest, even in the church, right? I become a Christian and maybe I'll serve here or there and I'll be faithful. And then if I prove to be faithful, well, then maybe they'll give me the microphone and I'll do the announcements one Sunday, right? Or if I continue to be faithful, maybe someday they'll give me a title, Or if I continue to be faithful, maybe I'll preach on a Sunday morning because I have climbed the ladder and I'm now in the important position. And Jesus is saying, you don't understand. No, the most important position is the servant. And the servant is not just a position you walk into. Being a servant is a position that you earn. Being the servant is the thing that you work toward becoming. And the way that you work toward becoming it is when you realize, I don't have it all together. 
I need help. I need the body of Christ. I need someone who can come and wash my feet. This problem is too big for me. I need someone to help me walk through this. That's why the church exists. So he's saying this to Peter, the guy that knows how to make it happen. He knows how to provide. And he's saying, Peter, humble yourself and let yourself be served. The second thing you have to realize is that Peter did it. He, he trusted him. He let Jesus wash his feet. Why? Because just a few days before, we find in the chapters we read this week, just a few days before, Jesus was sitting at a dinner and he walked in and the owner of the house didn't honor Jesus, didn't wash his feet, didn't care. And in comes this woman with a horrible reputation that no rabbi on earth would be associated with. And she kneels down at his feet and begins washing his feet. And Jesus is criticized for it. And everyone starts gossiping about him and his reputation is on the line. And what does Jesus do? He says, leave this woman alone. I need this. And she's meeting my need. And because she's meeting my need, my father's going to honor her and her story will be told from generation to generation. And it's still being told today because I just told it to you. Right. And so he's saying, do this like I did this, Peter. And Peter said, I can because he did. You see, there was a cycle that was happening. Jesus was setting Peter up to be a servant. But before he could be a servant, he needed to know what it felt like to need something. Because let's be honest, if if I'm in a situation where I need something, I am not going to go to Susie Perfect. I'm not going to go to someone who may look down on me because they don't understand my situation. No, I'm going to go to someone who has been there, done that, and they had victory over it. I'm going to go to them and say, help me. Help me have victory too. But in order to do that, in order to be that person, you have to get your feet washed first. You have to be willing to humble yourself and say, I have a need. I had, um, this week, if you guys came to the in character show, first of all, thank you. Um, secondly, if I look familiar and you did come to the show, you're not crazy. I was in the show. Um, I played Sylvia O'Brien and Dorothea Clausen and pastor Jim asked me which one of my personalities would be preaching today. And even though Dorothea really did want to preach, I told her she needed to stay home so that mercy could bring the gospel. So, um, but I had so much fun doing this show and, and laughing with people. But what you guys don't know is that if you came to opening night, what you don't know is that that morning I woke up at seven 30 had to be here by 10. I woke up at seven 30 to my five-year-old son screaming in the other room. And I ran into the other room to see what was going on. And he had 103 fever and was so, so, so sick. And I'm going, I don't know what to do. (laughs) 
I, I, I'll be very honest. He hadn't been that sick before. And I'm like, I, I really don't know what to do. He's my oldest. I'm at a loss. And, um, I had plans. I had planned on taking him to summer camp. I had planned on after summer camp, he was supposed to go over to one of his best friend's house and stay there during the show. And then I was going to pick him up after the show. And all of those plans went out the window because, well, that wasn't going to happen, right? That wasn't going to be able to happen. And so I start calling my fellow moms that were helping me out with childcare that weekend. And I'm like, guys, this is an emergency situation. I don't know what to do. I have to be at the church in just a couple of hours um, because if I'm not there, there's no show. If you guys saw the show, you know I'm not lying. Like there, there's no show. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like help. And these ladies came around me. They rearranged their schedules. They rearranged their plans. One of them was a nurse. She said, I will come and stay with your son so that you know that someone, you know, who knows what they're doing is taking care of him. And I'm like, thank you. Cause I don't know what I'm doing. So um, she said, I'll come stay with your son. Um, another one of my friends, her and her husband took the kids that the nurse was supposed to be watching so that the nurse could come. And they just, they juggled everything. And do you know, I was so embarrassed. I felt so awful that I was having to ask these ladies to rearrange all the things, but they did it and they didn't mind it and they didn't make me feel guilty, but they just said, mercy, we love you and we know this is important and we want to help. And the Lord taught me yet again, what it is to let the body of Christ wash your feet because there's blessing coming for those ladies. They're going to be blessed because God doesn't let sacrifice like that go without blessing. But they also got the opportunity to know what it was like to bless someone else. So this morning, I want you to just close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to think. What is something in your life that feels too big that you have been facing and you have been looking at and you're going, I don't know how this is going to work out. I've tried all the things I've looked at all the angles and I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I want you to think of who you have seen be faithful that you could potentially reach out to and say, can you help me? Can you pray with me? Can you give me wisdom? Would you mind giving your time? Would you mind coming alongside of me? Would you mind washing my feet? And if you're sitting there going, I don't have anyone, I don't know anyone, I don't know who I could trust, then I want you to spend this week asking Jesus to show you who. Because he created us as the body of Christ. He created us for community. He created us to help each other. And what he doesn't do is he doesn't put a carrot in front of your face and say, hey, come here. 
I have this friendship for you. I have this community for you. Oh yeah. Just kidding. Not really. That's not the kind of father he is. If he created you for it, it's because he has people for you. So go home and ask him, Jesus, who do you want me to trust? Because you can't trust everybody. We got to walk in wisdom, but you can trust some. Who do you want me to trust? And then I want you to start building relationship and I want you to start asking and let the church be the church. Let the church meet your need. Don't believe the lie that you're a burden. You are not a burden. You're part of the body. You matter. And the time will come where the Lord will call you to wash someone else's feet. So make sure you take the steps to earn that position. So I'm going to pray over you and then we will get ready to close the service. But Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this church. I thank you for these people that have welcomed my family and made us feel at home. These people that are the reason we look forward to coming on Sunday. And Jesus, I pray that this morning your spirit will encourage them and minister to them and meet their need. I pray, Lord, that you will bring healing in the places that have been wounded and broken. I pray, Father God, that you will give them hope to trust again, that you will give them the courage to ask again, that you will show your goodness and your faithfulness to them again, and that they would be faithful to let you wash their feet so that they can wash the feet of others. In Jesus' name, amen.